0: Hello and welcome to the RPG Academy podcast. I am Michael, and I'm here to introduce a special bonus episode of the podcast, which features Calum from the Released podcast taking over hosting duties for myself as I am currently on a sabbatical from the Academy, taking a few weeks off to rest, recover, recharge my batteries, and to be honest, focus on a stuff, which is now kicking into high gear. So last week on the Twitch channel, Kalem hosted two guests, Chelsea, also known as Little Red Dot, and Scraticus from Scraticus Academy, both of which are well known, well loved members of the actual play Twitch streaming podcasting community, to talk about just that how to get involved with streaming Twitch actual plays and the like. So, hopefully, you will enjoy that conversation. Please note that there was some audio hiccups involved, this being Kalem's first stream. But he did a lot of work and cleaned up the vast majority of it. But on occasion, you will hear a sound like this. That mostly occurs in between speakers talking or maybe when they're catching a breath or taking a thought. For the most part, when either of our guests or hosts are speaking, you can hear them clearly. But every now and then, that weird sort of reverb sound fills in when there's no one talking. But I don't think it's too bad. Hopefully, you won't either. And with all of that out of the way, now on to the show.
1: Hello, good evening. I am Kalum from the Release Podcast, a proud member of the RPG Academy Network. This is my very first time streaming on Twitch, so please be patient with me. Uh, I hope you are hearing my voice at the moment. But uh I had a good idea in order to do that very first uh, live Twitch streaming, I to if I had experts with me, well they could tell me if I'm doing anything wrong and we could all learn in the process. So tonight I am joined by Little Red Dot and Scraticus.
2: Hey, hey, hey! Oh, hi!
1: Well, ladies, first, uh, Little Red Dot, could you introduce yourself to the RPG Academy Network?
3: Sure. Um, hi, I am L- uh, Chelsea, also known as Little Red Dot. Uh, you can call me a slew of things. I answer by Chelsea and Red and dot and little red, and you know, a hodgepodge of all those things. So, just you know, I'm sure I'll answer. Uh, but yeah, I do a ton of tabletop RPG, uh, streamed live on uh, Twitch, uh, on multiple different channels. I also play in a podcast called North by North Quest, which is an actual play 5e uh, Dungeons and Dragons storytelling podcast. So, that's that's what I do. So, uh and so I'm here tonight, and I'm excited.
1: So remind me that unlike uh myself and Scratchers who's got big puffy eyes because it's two in the morning where we are, you are based in the US?
3: I am, yeah. I'm actually located in Georgia. Um I'm in Atlanta.
1: Okay, awesome. Yeah. Uh, Scraticus, you come from the lesser RPG Academy, sort of the other Academy, which is not <laughs> as great as ours, of course.
2: <laughs> yes, yeah, so the Scraticus Academy. Um, yeah, I uh, my focus is on bringing new people and returning players to D&D and making it uh, as inclusive and welcoming as possible, especially for those who struggle um, with uh, social situations. Um, yeah, well, we've been yeah, we've been we've been doing pretty well for ourselves over there. Uh, loving the new sub bombs. Loving seeing all the uh, familiar, famous, uh, familiar faces in chat. Yeah, it's all good fun.
1: <laughs> okay, brilliant. Well, uh, let's jump into tonight's topic, uh, which is of actual plays. Uh, they can be recorded. They can be live streamed. Uh, what is an actual play? Uh, any of you two want to have a go first?
3: I mean, uh, Scrat, do you want to you wanna take that away there, headmaster? It's,
2: it's a funny one, really, isn't it? Because uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. pretty much verb any you t- use, but- time yeah, anytime you're playing a game, you're actually playing. Right. Um, So I guess actual play is more of a title for um games which are streamed live right. rather than recorded. Um, and,
3: and I think it's important to know that's all kinds of games, not just D&D. Yep. right which i think is what we go to first and not just uh you know any kind of game that is streamed live is considered actual
2: yeah yeah exactly
3: <laughs> yes
2: yes well, well done <laughs> professor chelsea <laughs>
3: <laughs> thanks headmasters Scraticus.
1: <laughs> if you discuss with the opposite the opposite of that would be a discussion show where people discuss the theories or the latest game coming out mm-hmm. so an actual play yeah, yeah.
3: it's a, yeah yeah so it's not your reviews it's not your q and a's it's not uh um yeah commentary shows and those kinds of things it's it's a it's a show where people play a game live um so if you're not playing a game it's not an actual play
1: any favorite actual play show to recommend besides your own
2: gotta give a shout out to encounter roleplay i think most of us started over there one Mm -hmm. way or another yeah Uh, they, they, they
3: do good work um I, I'll give a shout out. I mean, I'm I'm a second at, at that ERP because you know I love them. Uh, but uh, Roll For It is doing... That's R-O-L-L with the number four IT. Roll For It. Their shows are just great. And I absolutely adore their Layla, which is kind of their headliner show. They have a Layla the Vampire Slayer show and it's just amazing so
2: yeah I really love how they fought. Um, another one of my fandoms onto that recently as
1: well with um, um, Random Tuesday
2: like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <My> fandoms emerging <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I guess the most obvious actual play show out there well to name two would be Critical Role and Maze Arcana yeah, uh, yeah. and uh, RPG Academy Network uh, Oblige if I speak French uh, well we've got a number of excellent actual play show at the RPG Academy. Uh, I hope I won't forget too many of them, but we got Lawful and Orderly on this channel, Twitch channel. We've got uh, Redemption, which is a Star Wars uh, show, uh, Shadow of the Cabal, Legend of the Five Rings. We used to have She's a Super Geek, which is one of my favorite, but now has become a frenemy as they move to Misdirected Mark uh, Network, uh, Swallows of the South. there's too many and more joint (laughs) reasons
3: (laughs) you are
1: gonna be super mad at me just go check the RPG Academy Network there's a a number of good shows uh, there to check there's some uh, episodes of mine which are actual play but no so far no episode of the release podcast was strictly actual play it's not live it's recorded well most of the show i name were are recorded uh usually what i do uh, i slice it with bits of interviews and discussion so you have a bit of the actual play and then a bit of discussion etc so it's a bit segmented uh but why do you two actually engage started producing and participating to actual plays
3: well, I, yeah, I, I didn't actually start in actual play. I started in podcasting. Um, so my first, um, my first interaction with with doing any kind of entertainment-based uh, tabletop role play was with the podcast. And it was actually Rim, Rimley Farr, who's in chat, who was like, you know what? Because I started my Twitch channel actually as a cosplay channel where I was building cosplay. Um, and he was like, you've got a Twitch channel now. You should come over and play with my friends over at Encounter Roleplay in this viewer game. And after that, it was like a snowball effect. I've been doing this like uh, just a little over a year and it's just been, um, one of those things that just happened. I can't get enough of it.
2: (laughs) Uh, and for me, uh, I spent several years. Um, I was one of those factory workers that put a poster up on the factory wall saying, Hey guys, who wants to come around to my place and play D and D, and it sat there for months and months and months. And then finally, finally, I got four people and we all sat and played D&D together. And you know what? The players didn't suit the DM. And we tried to make it work for about two years, but I, mostly we all turned up for the food because Alice is a great cook. Um, and then I tried also with encounter role play. My first game was an encounter role play and, um, I had a great time. And was then that, I was that with me. Ah! Uh, it was no, wasn't it? No, it wasn't? no, no, no. You were my, you were one of my first interactions. Yes. Um Oh, but, but I, we
3: played together.
2: We did. We did play together. Okay, that okay, was in. Thought, um, though. that was in the shows of garg, which Rem in <laughs> chat. Uh, he's got in all the chats today. DM. I know. But my first game was actually with encountered Josh as the um as the DM, and I can hmm. tell you my first action in um D and D on Twitch. Uh, was to enter a bar, see a tense situation, uproot a table that was nailed down and throw it at someone, and start a bar fight by throwing a table at someone, and spent the entire bar fight <laughs> mind-sweeping drinks, and You're occasionally like uppercutting someone. It was great. A
1: true champion.
2: <laughs> it was amazing.
1: Like, did, did you set the inn in fire?
2: Uh, no, no. The inn was owned by a dragon, so she put uh, stopped oh. all bullshit after a while. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah it was, was a lot of fun. And then, but then what, uh, I, I suppose another question is why do we keep coming back to actually play?
3: Yeah. Yeah. That's really it. Cause it's, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like a little bit like a drug, at least it was for me once I got started. And now I don't just stream just D and D cause that's like I said, where I, I, I kind of started it all. And now I'm like deep diving into as many different systems as I can. And i am is really into that right now too. And I think, um, I think what brings it back for me is the, for me, it's the storytelling piece. Right. Um, I love to tell stories. I've always loved to tell stories. That's why I hold a, you know, a degree in acting and all that kind of stuff. And um, it took me a few years to realize I wasn't really happy with the whole like stage film thing. And I couldn't really figure it out. And for the first time in a decade, uh, I'm completely fulfilled as an actor and somebody that's – or a storyteller, really. Um, whether I'm DMing or I'm playing in somebody's story, just the collaborative nature of what we do is just enthralling. Uh, and it brings me back over and over again.
2: Mm. For me it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a, it's a, it's a double, double-edged sword not in that it's double-edged and hurts you i mean it's a sword with two sides you can stab <laughs> lots with it um it's for a start of what we're doing right now with chat like we've got chat in and we are interacting with them we've got a live audience which is something that um i i thrive on not only because of the interaction because I'm a real social monkey. I did one of them like personality tests. I came out as 97% extroverted, like give me all the attention. (laughs) (laughs) um, And, um, but like also when chat interacts with the games, like it does on our shows, like it does on kind of role play shows and some of the other shows that do chat interactions via donations or however, I love the challenge of being, of having to improv like that, you know, like, Oh, well, you know what? The, uh, the 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 closest NPC to the uh, to the to the player dies. They were critical to your entire plot. Okay, well, let's go. Yeah. Right. <laughs>
3: I mean, Scrat. I mean, Scrat and I talk all the time. Where we, I kind of joke that he's like my brother at this point. He's like my, my RPG brother. Um, and I every day I'm like, Scrat, I don't know what I'm doing on my show today. He's like, Cool, let's talk about it. And then we don't end up talking about it at all. And so I I would suspect that about 95 percent of the time we come to each other, and we're like, Help. And then we don't do any work, and we both come to the table and improvise the shit out of this scenario. <laughs> oh, yeah, like
2: I mean, I, I literally make streams out of my prep now because otherwise I don't do any. Like, some of the games I've done recently, I've literally sat down at the table and gone, okay, player one, where are we? <laughs>
3: like yeah, tell us. <laughs> oh yeah, completely improvised game. Those are fun. That's how how meta of you.
1: Amazing. The, the game, the game of yours I joined was quite improvised too. I think you you had some regrets just before we started thinking. Okay, you are a barn raising. What was, I gonna, was it, was it going to happen? <laughs>
2: It turned out really wholesome. It was a really wholesome stream. They, they all stopped like, like there's someone was trying to sell some stuff off, at like, you know, and they didn't beat him up. They talked him around and they all got together at the end and had a party. It was, it was amazing. And yeah. It's it probably
3: the most wholesome thing that's ever happened on your channel ever.
2: Uh, yeah, probably.
3: probably. <laughs> Everything yeah. else is just tears, tears um, and emotion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I've got, I've got a slogan to live up to, so yeah. Right, yeah. Right,
1: right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, You're yeah. right when you said it, it's a bit, uh, quotation mark dangerous because since I started doing them, and it was a bit random, initially I did not want, I did not want it to do actual play on my own show, it's just I happened to record a game at a convention, uh, it was Game of Thrones, it sounded quite okay, quite nice, it was fun to edit, and then uh, I wanted to showcase French games, so of course, if I'm showcasing a a game I want to have an actual player of that game but now when I play games I'm like I don't have the time to record them edit them but I would like to record and edit them all because each time I'm like oh, I love that game I just wish I just wish I would have that documented and something I could go back to and remember that game because it's funny when you re-listen to something you played, actually there's a lot of stuff which happened I do not remember from those games, and stuff which are quite awesome and very happy with.
2: Mm. Mm. Yeah, totally. I, I mean, there's something that I'm looking at trying to figure out a better system for is like editing. I don't do very much editing at all. Literally, all I do is I take my video, I trim the start and the end off, and I upload it to YouTube, and I'm like a week behind and growing there's just not enough hours in the day you know like I'm
1: so jealous <laughs> the streaming <laughs> yeah. is easy you, you just put your thing and you're doing live there's no editing None. yeah it's way
3: I'll tell you it's way different than a podcast I, I, and you know one of the things that I'm I'm actually trying as a streamer not to put I say not to put my stuff to YouTube to not prioritize my YouTube as the exact same uh, content outlet as Twitch because you can come back to Twitch and watch the videos up to like, I think 90 days now is the way that they do it. Oh, um, it I used
2: to oh, like 30 did they? days, didn't Oh, did oh, they? I thought something? it was
3: 90. I can't remember. Uh, but there is a time limit on those. So you still should put them to YouTube. But I th- I personally think oftentimes as streamers, we're, you're putting the same content in all the places versus using your YouTube outlet as a different place, to, like for real videos, like something you actually record and edit uh, versus, you know, just being another post for for the same thing you put on twitch like i just i i personally am trying to start my own youtube and i'm trying to activate it that way and not yeah plus i'm i'm old school in my entertainment and i believe that there's something really really interesting and incredible about the idea that um what is that saying uh history is made by those who show up so if that's the case uh if we do a live show, there's something about it being live and being there in that moment to like be a part of it. And I think oftentimes, and I know not everybody can catch it, but, but, but then there's that excitement of like having to be there. And if I'm not there, then I'm going to miss something. Um, and I think that makes things exciting for the audience. And when they know that, well, in 24 hours, I'm going to get a video, so I don't have to tune in, it defeats the whole purpose of a live show.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, totally it just totally, totally defeats the entire purpose of the life. I totally agree with you. You're right, and I, I keep, I'm a bit frustrated by something like Critical Role, because I find it's, it's very impre- impressive in terms of a community, but at the same time, actual play as something I consume, it doesn't really match my availability, I prefer things in audio, and I started listening to uh, Critical Role, the podcast version they got out there, it's very lightly edited, but for me, it's not the same format. It's not as good as all not. stuff put yeah. out. There. It's
3: because they don't. Yeah, they don't record it to be a podcast. No. Um, you know, yeah, somebody that does both. It, there is a defining difference in how and I go to a table and record for and play for a podcast than it is when I sit down behind a camera and 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 play. They're just different. Um, and you're not the only person that said that. I, I also think the critical role and for my taste, it's a little crunchy. Um, but that's okay because I think a lot of people like the rules. They like the, the kind of sickness also four hours. Nobody listens to a four-hour podcast. (laughs) Right? We like our podcast in like hours shorter. It's meant to be a condensed thing. Um so it's I think it's just different. Um and I think a lot of people I I had this conversation actually over on Wizards channel one night. We were doing a QA from Learn by Play. And somebody brought up that was like well why why does Critical Role have all the fans and there are all these other amazing shows out there and nobody watches them and they don't have the same numbers You have to realize that in the entertainment industry, there are always anomalies. And I think Critical Role is one of those. It is an anomaly (laughs) um, in what it is. Um, But I think at the same time, we also have to appreciate for what it is because Critical Role has rekindled. The gaming community, um, to new people. It's taught new people about it and it's a, it has opened up, uh, multiple forms of entertainment for people to be able to do tabletop games. Um, and just like in the film industry, you have an indie market and you have the like mainstream blockbuster. They're your mainstream blockbuster. They're always going to be there, but without them, people don't go to the movies
1: yeah, and they t- don't
3: go see, you know.
1: It's kind of to to uh actual play uh it's the critical role is to actual play I think what Harry Potter might be seen for uh young adult novels or even reading in general is that thing everybody's talking about everybody goes to it and uh you might like it you might not like it, but it did bring. Huge audience, and maybe not everyone, but even if uh, I don't know a quarter of all these people have the curiosity to go and fetch something else, uh, that's a huge number of people, and, and that's doing a, yeah. uh, a yeah. tremendous benefit to to the hobby. Uh, at least it's it's my opinion, <laughs> and I mean I come, yeah, from, I, I come from a place and time when I picked up my first RPG book. Uh, I don't I didn't even knew what was a role playing game, uh, but it because it was Star Wars there was no one around to explain it to me I could not know I had no idea what it was like to do that and it's amazing today that people can j- turn up on YouTube and find videos of one role-playing game going on and it's so much I still think you cannot really, I learn games, even my favorite games, not through the books, but through people running it for me and then running it for them and for me that's that's one of the beauties of Tabletop RPG it's it's like the spoken word, you you share it with other people by doing it not not by uh, intermediate uh uh, media, but mm. you said yeah. something else. You mentioned Q and A, and I think it's the right time to maybe have a Q and A. We're gonna speak a bit more probably later about the technical aspects. So, if you have questions, uh, dear people in the chat room, uh, if you could have those questions not being about the technical bits because we'll discuss that a bit later. But do you have questions for Little Red Dot and, uh, and Scraticus here?
2: I, I, I can see uh, Remli Farr, the much-mentioned Remli Farr, uh of Remli Farr, uh something. Uh, um, search remley Farr, you'll find it. Um, he says, I've grown to like one-shots almost more than ongoing shows. What can one-shot broadcasters do to help their games stick as hard as longer shows do?
1: Hmm. <laughs> it's funny That's because in your, in your question, you almost say... I personally... I don't consume a lot of actual plays, but I prefer one-shots and very tight ones. So I stick more to shows like She's a Super Geek because I know... You you know we were talking about Critical Role, their ongoing story and the fact that each episode is around four hours. Uh, I started with campaign two, to follow them, and I really was there. Okay, I want to be there because I like the the community and the fan art, etc. And I want to know what's going on. And then uh, and then I lost my job, so I didn't have any commute anymore, and I missed a few episodes, and I fell from the bandwagon. And I don't think I'm going to listen to Critical Role until they got a, a third season. So so actually. Yeah. One shots are more effective at keeping me as an audience captive because I can leave and come back much more easily and pick and choose the bit yeah. I like. you've, so. you've,
2: you've hit the net. like so. One of the, um, it's one of the reasons I keep my campaigns quite short as well. I like an eight to sixteen episode campaign. Oh, I'm even I, less I, than
3: that. I'm like eight yeah. to ten is my is my is my prime
2: spot. I, I must admit, the season two that I'm organizing right now. All of them are around eight episodes. All are eight episodes. Because I, lo- I'd love to watch Critical Role season one. I would love to. I would love to sit down and watch that show. But that is like a four hundred hour commitment or something crazy. Like I need. To, I, I. That's that's more than binge watching. You, all I was about, about to say you need a seasons. vacation just to listen. Yeah, like that's like if I watched every episode of Game of Thrones. I probably still wouldn't have covered all of Critical Role, you know? Like, that's, it's a big thing. So, like, what do I do? What do I do in one shots to keep them exciting? I keep them short and I keep them exciting. I try and make, like, the planning I do do, I plan critical things that are going to happen. Or I put something in that's, you know, uh, everything's building up to this and we're on a clock. Make it exciting, you know? That's.
3: Yeah. I think too, you know, at least what I kind of took from room's question was more about like, how do you sustain a show? That's just a bunch of one shots. Um, how does you, how do you create that sustainability? like critical role does with an extended campaign. Um, I think there are a few ways to do it. You know, when you look at somebody like Scrat, he's bringing in new people every time. So you're, you're literally building an audience around new people, um, by bringing them in. So that is simply a simple, easy way to do it. Like grab your lowest hanging fruit and involve them in what you're doing. Um, Then, uh, you know, I think that one of the things that I do to keep one shot campaigns, as you talk about, like that's basically what um, I do over on Encounter Roleplay for the viewer game is like every week it's a one shot um, because I have new players at the table every week. And it's to theme it, put it in a place, in a world, in a location, in a thing that is easily controlled. And you can have all kinds of things going on. I think about like the gallery at Grunrundi, that place functions with or without your players there. It's this ever evolving world and space. It's always moving and growing and crazy stuff's happening and bad people are emerging. So it's not about the individual characters. It's about their existence in a place, which makes it situational. Um, and situational games um, are the easiest way to keep one shots going without burning out, focusing too much on one character and being able to keep an overall theme and collective so that you can have that same campaign style with it just being a bunch of one-shots.
1: I I think you you hit the spot there, Uh, uh, you know, mentioning lawful and orderly. uh, It's an ongoing story in one way, but at the same time, all the stories are self-contained. It it reminds me of of Pratchett almost. You know, you want to start to read Discworld. Actually, you could pick up pretty much any of the Discworld books. Mm They are there. You you find you've got uh, recurring characters. You're happy to see again, but at the same time, if you you can pick them in the wrong order, etc., it's working. Uh, and uh, same with all we roll podcasts. They got the small bits of campaigns, and uh, we roll is a good one also to talk about another aspect. You could have a team which is meta in the sense that it's not in the narrative itself, but it's about what you're covering. So red moon role playing, for instance, which we met recently with Scraticus. <laughs> The cover games which are uh, mostly Swedish but they all have a dark undertone They're not necessarily Swedish but they, they got this f- feel uh, together uh, they, they, this thing in common you got the Coriolis Effect podcast uh, I think th- they do have a few actual plays but same they mostly do the stuff from Free so it could be Cthulhu could be Space could be another subject again she's a super geek uh, showcasing women uh, as game masters and being really on the the team of indie role playing games and uh, showcasing them. Um, if what's the thread in between your one shots? Uh, it can be the people, it can be the narrative, it can be the sort of game can be, you play. Uh,
3: yeah, or themes exactly. Like I think about something like Black Mirror. Everybody loves that show. You can watch any Black Mirror episode in any order you want. From any season of it. And they, they stand alone. But we still understand that when we come to watch Black Mirror, what it's about. Mm-hmm. We know that it's going to be thriller and somewhat horror um, and that it's going to screw with your brain a little bit. It's like watching The Twilight Zone, right? We know going into it, but none of them have to relate. You also think about some of the, the shows, like at least the ones that I love, that 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 really drew me into to long-term narrative storytelling, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. When Buffy started, every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer was standalone. It was encapsulated in this one thing we learned more and more about the characters each time, but it wasn't really until the later seasons that we start getting this big like character arc for her. People love one shots. We love them. Supernatural started that way. So many of our episodic TV shows that we binge start that way. Um, And, and it's a really, I think it's a really great way. If nothing else to segue into the next question um, to, especially if you're starting a new show, to frame things, to make sure that you don't dive in too deep too fast. Uh, mm-hmm. One-shots can be a really, really easy way.
1: It, it's It'll funny. Be- be- ex- yeah, sorry. It's, no, it's funny on. because in television, uh, everything used to be anthology shows. The Star Trek mm-hmm. was exactly like that, and it was a kind of revolutionary and a, something great for storytellers that we started doing these big arc shows. But now, sometimes I feel like. Uh, there's too many of them. <laughs> the, the tendency is too much, to big arcs, and it makes things difficult to consume. And, and uh, personally, I welcome uh, sh- that shows to go back to this anthology format and and allow people to to consume just just bits of things. Uh, it's funny. It's something which used not to be the the main thing now has become the main thing uh, to the point where it's too much of it, and uh, we're rediscovering the the interest of the short format stuff retelling hmm.
2: it's interesting as well because like um, you, have you ever watched a show that you really like the start of you like the first season or the first two seasons mm-hmm. and then you start to go off it it's interesting isn't it how you can have a bad one shot and still like the entire season but if you don't like the entire arc
1: <laughs> yep. it's over yep. yeah I yep. dropped from dropped my zombie like that um, third season yeah. it became less one shots and more long story and didn't grab me. And, and, and that's it. I fell off the bandwagon. Yeah. It was suddenly, I yeah. think
3: too, you know, for me as somebody, for all of you out there that are wanting to start a show or you're a starting DM, a giant story arc is daunting. It is daunting. And you and your players can become lost in it. And then you get what I call the endless games, the ones that have no purpose or point, And that's where people burn out. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where your creative energies go flat and I think that you should do yourself a favor and start by just running some one shots or do what I do. I run mini campaigns, two episodes, three, four episodes. I've got, I'm, I'm about to start in the fall, a bunch of four episodes, one a month. And it's easy and it's simple. And I don't know about you guys. I love to close a story out. I find there is something so satisfying about wrapping up a story. Even if there are things that weren't answered, there are characters that didn't get their moment in the light, but closing the story out feels good it um,
2: feels good i see now that is that is i fight i think we're very very similar dms but that is one place we differ i love leaving that fred hanging at the end like oh all of this has happened but oh, see you next time
3: yeah, but, yeah. You know, but when i mean like close out a story i mean there has to be an end to it so like i played a game with them the other night over on scratch channel that definitely ended in complete oh, openness. That was an
2: amazing one shot.
3: Right. They were left, left in Barovia, uh, just being like, brr? Scrat's character had to kill his own son who was a uh, werewolf. It was just, a, it was a mess. And there were so many loose ends, you can say, but it also closed up in this really heartfelt, emotional way. Like it just had an, a beautiful ending, this button on it. And you're like, oh, if there was a second episode, I'd be there, but it was that episode's ending.
0: Uh huh.
3: You know? Yeah, you don't want to be, just as Archmage says, you don't want to be that person that was like, well, we never finished that campaign. Those are the ones that hurt. Like, I've had those campaigns where we start and we don't finish. Allow people the joy of ending and completing a story.
2: Do you you think it all comes from the main platform? Because, like, we're all playing a game that was designed to take you from level 1 to 20 to upwards. We all know the stories of Yggvild and Mordenkainen and Melf and all these level 25 upwards characters that have been played for a long, long time. I mean, we talk about other games, but really this is the golden Age because of d and d
3: yeah, no, yeah. and it absolutely is it absolutely is <laughs> um and you do have to think about the fact that like that they did it did start that way, but I think and, and it's evident to me at least having been somebody that has played through pretty much every edition, but the first one uh, I started in three five and then went back and did you know two three, and it was like Pathfinder four skip 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 to five, um so you know. I, I've watched this progression and the progression has been that it becomes, it has become more role play heavy and it's not about the win condition. It's not about getting to level 20 um, anymore. It's about telling stories with interesting characters or sometimes non-interesting characters. I've yeah, played those too. I, I'm
1: a, I'm a, I'm, I've got a bit of an issue when uh, it's uh, it's too much d centric in terms of merits and the hobby. Uh, when I, sorry, something I keep telling uh, again and again, sorry for the people who happen to listen to my show, but I started role-playing game Uh, in the late 90s uh, because of the issues with TSR uh, AD&D second edition was still around you would find it in shop but it was not promoted etc. pushed in (laughs) front of you and the big thing and it's coming back I hope uh, was Vampire the Masquerade and a number of yep, other
3: I, games. I was about to say, I started a campaign for that on Saturday.
1: And, but the landscape then, and that's something personally I miss that's a tight question, but the landscape was much more balanced between all those games. Some people played D&D, some people played Vampire the Masquerade, which was very big then, but... The, people played a number of things and it was not this uh, you were talking about an anomaly right now I feel D&D is a big anomaly because I don't know any medium uh, any art where one single thing is dominating that much where it's to the point where people are saying we should stop calling that tabletop RPG and just call that D&D with vampire D&D with Spaceships, oh. etc. It's it's so huge. I mean, I, I I remember people telling of the Beatles how much they were all over the place when they were big, and and when they they were gone, that's when music could. They, they, there was a void and it was filled and I think that's what the nineties were in gaming. But I think all these games in the nineties, uh, the Travelers, the RuneQuest, etc., did push DnD in a direction which became three, then three point five, and then stuff changed and four and five.
3: I would agree. I mean any market tells you that somebody has to come out on top.
1: And yeah, DND came t- out on top. Yeah, but there's on top and, and there's this you look at the um Pie chart called Camembert in in French. The the pie charts of the games played on something like roll twenty. We could argue that roll twenty might not be representative of uh, what people play at home, but it's it's ginormous. It's like eighty. 80- no,
3: and I. W- I- I'm not disagreeing with you there. I mean, it, in terms of the percentage of people that play D&D over other tabletop RPGs, D&D runs away with the flag by miles. Yeah. Um, and, and we can't deny that. But I think that there's something to be said about the way that D&D is structured and it draws people to it. It, it, it just does, um, and I don't know if you're right. If it was something about the time and the way that they escalated faster than the rest of the other tabletop RPGs. No, but I, th- tell-
1: I, I think what happened at some point. D is big always been, but at some point because they were less active, created a void which was filled by a number of other games, and then they, when they came back, they came back big and big again yeah. and even bigger. And and fifth edition is what well, first it's a very good game, and second. It, <laughs> They learned very good lessons from a number of feedback on their own game, but also from uh, from yep. other games. And 5th edition is hitting completely the jackpot after a very good 3.5 and personally I liked 4th edition, but it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's completely insane. Uh, yeah. No,
3: it is insane to think about, like, I mean, what, 20 years ago, we were worried about D and D being only for Satan worshipers, you know what I mean? And now you've got, you've got podcasts that are listened to in cars with parents and kids in the morning where they're playing Dungeons and Dragons, (laughs) you know, Um, it, it, it kind of blows my mind, the trajectory and the, I don't know, the morphing that has happened in people's minds and society about how and why it's okay to play games so, um, Sorry,
1: it's, it's my fault because uh, that's uh, an old uh, uh, battle horse of mine, that the specific topic I think we should maybe bring back the thing, uh, back to the the actual play subject do, do you think about
2: it? Oh yeah, yeah you, oh, I, I was, Can I have one last sideline? Yeah, it's course, not sorry. related to D&D <laughs> my, my, my one last sideline is Charlie, uh, Chelsea, you've just sparked in me do any of your ki- any of the kids you teach listen to your podcast?
3: Um, I told my seniors about it because let's be real. I'm not necessarily um, I'm not necessarily PG in my podcast. My character alone, her existence is not PG. Are there
1: so any kid- I you teach kids, are you in the chat room right now?
3: They they should better not be. Um, It's actually one of the reasons why I don't really go by Chelsea very much because I don't want them to be able to like track me down. Um, No, I try to to keep myself like a little red dot and Chelsea kind of separate. But um, my seniors last year, because I've only been at the school a year uh, on graduation day, I gave them my business card. I was like, now you can listen to all my stuff because I'm not your teacher anymore. Your parents can't like sue me or something. (laughs) <laughs> um but yeah there are a few of them that listen to it um and one of my students doesn't listen but he's like my aunt loves CD and I gave it to her and now she listens to it
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we can totally go back to topic now. You just, you just sparked that in me. I, I had to know, I had to know immediately.
1: It was a great <laughs> <question>. <laughs> it Would have been sad not to ask it. So, uh, going into the, the more technical and practical aspects of things. So if you want to start a, a actual play show, uh, that's for you. Uh, what do you need to do uh, an actual play show actually? What? The very basics. Are, I got my little list in front of me. Well, you need a game master and players. So, what? What, do you, what? What kind of game masters and players do you do you need for an actual play show, as opposed to uh, just a regular game uh, at home in your basement or living room?
3: Hmm.
2: Well, internet
1: connection.
3: Yeah, I mean, so I think I think that there's this idea now because we stream things live that there has to be entertainment value. I think if you're going to start a channel, there are a few questions you need to ask yourself before you dive into what technology you need, before you worry about uh, g- getting uh, cameras and mics and who's in my cast. Stop for a second and ask yourself why you're going live, because if you can do it in a basement, what is the difference? If you're going live because you you can do it online uh, and you need to connect people, you can technically do that without broadcasting.
1: Why are you broadcasting? Or recording.
3: Or recording, or recording, you're right, or recording for YouTube or a, a podcast, because that is going to answer a lot of things for you. Are you trying to launch a brand new network? Because that is a giant task, which I'm sure Scrap can tell you all about, right? Are you simply trying to just put your weekly group together and you decided you just want to put it out there? So you've got a lot, your your um, scale of what you need is very different. Are you simply just... Hey, like I said, hanging out with friends. Are you doing what I'm doing, which is kind of a variety channel, and I only stream D&D once to twice a month on my channel. Um, what are you doing with it? Um, and having a really clear vision is going to help you know exactly what it is you need. But because without that vision, you're going to go into it. and You're going to get a lot of stuff you don't need. You're going to saturate yourself with unnecessary stuff. And you're going to almost push yourself out of why you wanted to start in the first
1: place. I think something I heard often Is people saying oh, Our games are very good uh, They're great uh, We should record them And then we can put them online And people's going to love it and uh yes, but no, at the same time, if you play for an audience uh there are some things you need to have in mind uh they are like a player a person sitting at the table with you, and you have to consider uh them when you when you you run your game at least that's that's my opinion yeah. <laughs> mm. so um, I guess, uh, it's it's, it's you're it, like it, the crazy guy in terms of picking players because you pick any volunteer you're happy to to take on board uh yeah, uh-huh. th- th- there's no specific qualities you think which are uh ne- if not needed welcome for uh recorded uh, plays or uh, live stream
2: need need to have a mic need to not have um racism homophobia. Any other Equity <laughs> Thank you. That's what they need. <laughs> yeah.
3: They need to be equitable.
2: <laughs> yes. They need they just need to not be dicks. Um and you know, I'll welcome anyone on my show. And yes, from a like from a if 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 I was if I was sitting here and this was the Scarticus uh the Scartocus Academy and we are only thinking in terms of money and business, would I take on new people? No, because it's high risk. Very high risk. Uh, people drop out all the time. People have really bad quality sometimes, you know? Not for any fault of their own, but like, yeah. you know, hey, if you're streaming through a webcam mic and there's someone mowing the lawn outside, well, that's picking up. And you know what? We just soldier on through because our focus isn't on the business side of things, it's on getting more people into this game and having fun. So yeah. our focus on every little one shot is just them people having fun. And if chat wants to get involved as well, great and when people and what you see uh, which really keeps me in it and and really um is what i need from the games is you see people come in as absolute beginners they they'll be nervous they won't want to do any role playing or anything maybe they'll just use their regular voice and they'll you know just have a character who's quite tame it's got a little bit of imagination in there because they want to be interesting but they're they're playing it safe and you know what they get by and they're okay. And they, you know what? They message me again and say, Hey, I really enjoyed that. Can I come again? Then the next time they come on this time, they've bought a voice with them. They're they're trying on a voice and their character has this quirk. There's not in the rules. It's completely made up. It's just this quirk that it does. And, and, and their quality is just a little bit better somehow. They've moved the fan because they've gone back and listened to the first one and gone, Oh damn, I can hear (laughs) the fan all the time and I'll move my fan. And, and that's what I need as a streamer. I love seeing people develop, and I love seeing people come through the academy and then go on to encounter roleplay, go on to WebDM, go on to the Greyhawk channel, any of these places, Um which I'm building great ties with purely because I know a lot of the players. We all played together, you know. It's 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 a beautiful thing.
3: Yeah. I mean, so I would say for me, I only run one show where I allow a lot of people to come in. I think that if you're going to start your own channel, again, ask yourself, what are you wanting out of it? Um, One of the reasons I started and started wanting to put shows on my own twitch channel on little red dot i don't want to start a network that is not my goal i just want to be little red dot and i want to play games as many games as i can be involved in even if it means it's not on my channel uh but i also wanted to start uh telling my own stories like i realized i had a lot of content and i had a lot of things i wanted to do and a lot of ideas and um as they'll teach you in art school nobody's going to put your ideas to good use you. So I decided to do it on my own. And I said, okay, I have a lot of people that want to play with me that are new and are beginners. And I want a safe space for that. So I made a show for that. That is what Sunday fun days are for. Sunday fun days are simply for us to get together and have fun on Sundays. Like that's that's what we do. Um, but I'm putting together a series of other shows that I'm curating a little bit more. I am choosing my cast, I am trying to partner the right people. So I think again it comes down to what kind of what kind of network or show or channel are you wanting to run.
2: That's that's one of the things I'm finding with growth. So like my core, my that, that's what you need. That's what you need to get started. Core value, right? That's what you need. That's what we're all alluding to. Some sort of core value that you hold to. But as I'm growing, and I am growing. Um, I'm looking at my next season. I've got a bunch of guest DMs, and you know what? They, they want to do an arc. They, they, they won't be able to do, um, new players every week. So I'm having to split my channel now into part, part long running games and part, uh, one shots which is absolutely fine. Um, but it's-, it's also
3: healthy. And okay, take it from somebody that has a master's degree in business people. The first thing that they're going to teach you is that you need to diversify your funding streams. Okay? Shoe stores don't just sell one color flip-flop. They're going to sell tons of different kinds of shoes and all kinds of sizes for men and women. So the more that you diversify, so you should have that place. Where, yeah, yeah. you should have a place <laughs> where you can bring new customers in, where you can bring new th- those viewers, the people that need something new, and make them feel like part of your channel. But it's also okay to have something that's more structured, that may have more entertainment value, that may have that story art, and great role players. Um, those things make your channel diverse.
1: What's interesting is talking, uh, using a marketing speak... Uh, I. I speech speech uh, I did not realize that I, what, and it's great Scraticus Academy your USP your uni- unique selling point is kind of the uh, antithesis of Celebrity RPG or something like Critical Role because you are the introduction channel show so that's the channel I can go to I could literally go to your channel and play with you but also I can watch people who are uh, newcomers and they're, they're struggling and they're, they're more or less good but they they good but they, they do their thing and they progress etc. So in a way rather than there's been so many talks which I, I personally find are unfunded about critical role uh, raising the stakes for game masters and you see critical role yeah of course you want to play but in the end you, you watch it and you're scared to play because yourself you're not Simran right, I go regal all the Red can I do all of that or everything they do well, watch Scratticus? and we we'll see just regular Joes like you and me uh what these like we were when we began uh having a good role playing games and learning and 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 yeah come come, come on this channel, just get a decent webcam and a microphone and then Scraticus will take you it's it's an amazing <laughs> unique setting point. <laughs>
2: Yeah. <laughs> I just like playing games, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but like, I've only been going for a year now, okay? So it's been one year. Uh, I'm waiting to see Edmund Silveroak resub on my channel because he marks my one year anniversary. He marks my anniversaries because on my first day of becoming affiliate, he was my <laughs> first subscriber. And uh, hence why I, I keep his name written because he's not only my first subscriber, he's my marker. He's how I know how long I've been doing things. We've only been playing one year with newbies. People ask me sometimes, where do I see this all going? Like in five, 10 years? Do you know what I want to see? I want to see one of the guys that came through one of my campaigns or came through one of my one shots on something like Critical Role. You know? <laughs> like, yeah, not me. That's, I don't care. That's guys a fun. real
3: teacher scratch. That's what real people do. (laughs) We do! We educate and we teach people uh, to do something, to learn something, so that they can go out and be better people in a larger society. In this case, our society is tabletop RPG. Mm
1: -hmm. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, Question, we were talking about the players, but what about the game masters? uh, Is there a different way to approach a game... When for this entertainment value, or at least with uh, a minimum uh, consideration for that additional player who's not at the table with you, who's the the person watching. What is that thing you're holding?
2: I'm so glad you asked. There this- is a way. There is a way. I, there's a special way of prepping a three-hour one-shot.
3: I remember I remember the day that Scrat came to me. Like I said, we chat all the time on Discord. He's like, holy crap, Chelsea. I figured out how to ride a one-shot. You just make uh, a fixed amount of bullet points, and then you just use those as they come up. And I was like, duh, Scrat. This is how it works. Everything that I do, <laughs> you don't yeah. think that I actually plan every three one so, hour, like
2: one shot. So I, I literally write bullet points with times next to them, half an hour apart. I write a distinct part of plot that's going to happen next to that next to that bullet point. And if we're getting close to that time, you know what? I'll push things towards it. Or if we're taking too long, do you know what? Or if, if people are moving too fast, I'll throw in something. Like, I don't know. There's do a trapdoor, You fall in a spike pit. We're going to have to try and get out of there. It's pretty deep. You know, like mm-hmm. it just paces yeah. things, keeps it interesting. It's great. It's, it's I fine,
3: mean, it's yeah. what. So I, I just launched my, I mean, it's kind of how I do mine. I, I don't, d- I do have bullet points, but mine are more. Um, I always have three encounters. There's an, a major NPC encounter, a combat encounter, and a puzzle encounter just have three of them and be ready to dump them in whatever order they come in. Um, But I've recently launched my Patreon. And one of the things that I'm trying to do on my Patreon is take all my one shots because Lord knows I write a butt ton of one shots and put them into single page game prompts. Because I think too, we're getting to a point as more people take in tabletop RPGs, they don't want this like very straight through line narrative. I think there is still part of the tabletop community that wants that dense module from Wizards of the Coast, where you gotta read page by page, and you gotta do this his stuff, and then you know X, Y, and C. But, but a lot of the time, really, what people are looking for when they go to a module is simply inspiration or a rough setting or some ideas. So I have stopped really writing giant modules, and I write one to two page like PDF prompts. That's like this is the scenario. Here are major NPCs. Here are uh, you know locations and here are things that they could run into put them in any order you like because you're the really the creative person that's the dm or the gm uh really maybe what you need is just the spark to slide it into your pirate campaign or into your barovia um location you know
2: and don't ever be afraid to just rip stuff off as well oh, best so streamed, much like i i okay like i'm not streaming them now i hacked the hell out of jurassic park i hacked the hell out of godzilla uh peter pan hell yeah we'll do it you know let's just rebrand it slightly and 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 play it you know it's people love playing through things that they've seen it's their opportunity this is actual play this is this is why people play video games you know yeah it's that moment
3: when you're sitting in the theater and you're like oh i'm not, why did you do that? I don't want to. Don't do that. You're like, yeah. well, if you come to the table,
2: now you can make a better choice,
3: yeah. friend. <laughs> you
2: know? Like. Why um, do you play the Lord of the Rings video game? Because you've seen the Lord of the Rings movie. You know? So why'd you play the Lord of the Rings the tabletop opera? I the Lord You know? It's- <laughs> yeah
3: yeah
1: uh, so uh i think people are, are keen on the subject it's not the the, the sexiest but uh, what about equipment and software mm-hmm. sort of things uh what what's your advice for beginners uh for for stream and hmm. uh, a gift for podcast don't go too
2: deep at first take your time
3: so yeah take your time and find a mentor Find a mentor. Find somebody that has been doing it and has done it and knows how to do it. That way, when you dive into OBS, when you attempt to edit a video, so when wait, wait you are wait a second, t- wait
1: a second, what is OBS Studio? Maybe because you <laughs> right, and, and I'll, I'll get there. Okay?
3: I'll, I'll get I'll get there. Okay, <laughs> um, when you're trying to set all of your things up, it is helpful to have a person. Um, to, to communicate with, to be able to go to. I remember when I was starting to set up, I went to RIM and Scrap quite frequently. In fact, it was like, help me. Um, and they were very kind to do so. Um, so that's step number one. Find somebody that you trust, that you know will not mind you shooting a couple messages to when things get hairy, because things are going to get hairy.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: As for the actual software and programs, um, start simple. I still don't even like, you know, they have this snazzy thing where each of us are in these individual boxes and our names are typed above it. I still on my Sunday fun days, don't do anything but one giant box that captures zoom, make your life easy. It can still look nice without you having to, to go uh, in terms of the production value above and beyond to start with.
1: As a designer, it's uh, so my job is architect, and uh, the the main advice for any uh, thing you would do, even if you uh, if you're doing a, a book, it's better to do uh, a little very well than trying to do a lot of things complex with pictures and animation etc. and and it's not working. Really, less is more. Uh, go mm-hmm. for simplicity. The uh, again doing a minimum but making it look nice. I don't know what yeah. if it looks like what I did for tonight, but... <laughs> but yeah, definitely. no, and
3: I, I, I'm saying it definitely does. Like, it's, it's even snazzier than, like, what I do. So I guess what I'm saying is, for me, when I stream, it's not about the production value. It's about streaming with people and telling a story. Remember but, yeah. what you're
2: there to do. Yeah. Remember what you're there to do.
3: But there are going to be some things that you need. Over time, you will want to get a pretty good camera. Um, you're going to see... You'll start to see the
2: difference in people's before cameras. That, even before that, do you know what? I can handle Chelsea if you freeze, but if you sound shitty will stream, mm-hmm. Mike's the first thing I invested in.
3: <clears throat> and yeah, I would say Mike <laughs> is a good one. And there are some... Like, actually, if you go to my Twitch page... My mic cost me less than $50 and it is a fantastic mic. It is all I have ever streamed on is what I'm streaming on now. You can go to my Twitch page. and At the very bottom, I have my like Amazon list of things Chelsea loves. And that mic yes. is right there. Yes. Go click on it and buy it. It's a fantastic compressor mic.
2: And that is a very, very good point as well. It's an easy trap to fall into. I want to stream. I need to spend loads and loads of money. Nah no don't need to i mean yeah sure i've upgraded my mic a little bit since then but my first mic was very much the same it was like a 20 30 mic my webcam it's still it's the LifeCam 3000 it's like 30 quid or something 30 pounds
3: see and I, I i was about to say green screen i haven't done that because i
2: like my art <laughs> four dollars four dollars you know it's easy
1: Yeah, but I found out... Well, that's I got mine uh, behind me uh, because my apartment is... uh, Well, it's my living space in London. It's rather small. I don't have exactly a room for myself. So I went to green screen and then I find out actually it needed to be lit in a special way also to work. But uh, Mm -hmm. I guess what it boils down, uh, both in terms of equipment and in terms of skills, there's a learning curve and the step-by-step of what you're doing. You start with the the most important bit which is the sound it's it's super critical and I know I'm going to talk a bit about podcasts so strictly, strictly audio um it's okay if your few epi- first few episodes don't sound perfect. They won't. <laughs> they won't. And don't judge any podcast by the first very first episode, please. Uh, so you're going to learn to improve. What's important is that you are keen to improve what you're doing. And that as you grow more confident and more knowledgeable and you are advised by individuals or stuff like hashtag modern family, the very group of people, uh, amazing not only to help you with the technical aspect, but also to promote your show uh, you invest bits by bits in the thing, because you will find out what you actually need, because there's a n- number of options of different things, for instance myself, I went the uh, quotation mark analog way I've got ai oh, I'm gonna pick it I got this thing, because the first thing I do is recording uh, in the streets, interviews, or in the middle of places, and I use, because I went that way, I extended that equipment to uh, record games also, and I started with just this, then I had a couple microphones, now I'm trying to have a microphone per player, and then, and you progress, and you invest a bit and if you are lucky, you can have a few patrons to help you invest in that and improving the things. But what, what I think is important, is not even the equipment, etc., is that you are... You want to do better. And as long as you want to do better, along the way, your show is going to reach quite fast the level of quality of a professional show. There, there are ceilings uh, of stuff like you don't have a studio and the acoustic is not working. But... Uh, yeah that's what is important is you want to improve and people will hear that and they will respect that the The only thing which I personally find wrong which I find it's, it's not acceptable is if I listen to a show it's episode 45 and the sound f- is the same as episode 1 because people didn't seem to care about that that's that's a no no for me that's my only criticism and the only thing I would tell you go step by step don't don't rush don't spend all your money on something very fast and don't be scared to start with uh, a little equipment Uh, but yeah go step by step and start with what you have I did interviews with my phone Uh, cell phones uh, amazing recording device. I was to say, days.
3: I still do. I, I you know, I, I've started applying for press badges at cons and stuff. I do all of my interviews direct to Twitter on my phone. I, I, I stand right there, cell phone in hand. I'm like, talk to the people at home. Um, again, I think we all want to be a critical role. I had, I, I recently have received one of the most important pieces of information. That I have ever received ever. Um, It has been really important in this like last six months of my life. Um, Bill Gates actually said it. And and he said, as Americans, we overestimate what we can do in a year and we underestimate what we can do in 10, (laughs) which is about slowing down. We all want to do everything and we want to have the big dream in a year. We want to just cram all this stuff in and do it as quick as possible. And I think when you when you actually look at it, could you imagine what you can accomplish if you put that amount of energy in 10 years and expand your dream than trying to cram it quickly into one? And I think that it's the same thing when you go to start a stream. You cannot expect to be at, at and encounter role play in a year because it's taken him three to get where he is. Right. Um, nothing happens overnight. So just like that, you're not gonna be able, you shouldn't get all of your equipment overnight. Take your time. But mm-hmm. as he so beautifully pointed out, your audience wants to see that you are growing and evolving. And it's what it's what helps them stay with you to know that you're getting bigger as the more that they listen to you and you get more people and those kind of things. So, yes, you do have to change over time and you are gonna have to make some investments, but You don't have to do it out of the gate. It it won't make or break.
1: And it, it ties in with your suggestion of starting with small arcs or one-shots, because it allows you to experiment. Because the, the I think a, a big misconception of a lot of things in general, not just streaming and all podcasting, is that I've got this big dream and I'm going to do it. The truth is, as you do things, your dream change. Uh, as yeah. you do things, we're talking about oh, what what's the USP of your show? What's the team, etc. You might not know when you start. You're going to discover it along the way and that's what's super exciting i, I think even something like critical role that no idea what they were gonna be uh no
3: there were a bunch of friends that were like hey you guys want to play make a D show and that's how they started out and it just so happened that they were all incredible voice actors so they knew how to tell story and do voices and now we have critical role but they didn't start out knowing that they were gonna be this today do you think matt mercer knew that no
1: no, and it was not even his objective. It was, I'm sure it was just one project among others, and that's the one which... I think it's Conan O'Brien who made a speech at the university explaining how his dream was to be the host of the something like the Jay Leno show, the Letterman show, and what he explains is that, actually, I made up my own show at some point. And it's much better. It's much better than that dream you chase. So your dream is gonna evolve. Just, just have a go at it. Do, do and try. Yeah. Do and try and yeah. assess and improve. Uh, that's that's what matters. Don't wait. Don't overplan. Uh, don't be uh, analyzed, paralyzed. Just go, go ahead, try something, and, and do yeah. your best.
3: Yeah, and don't and don't be scared to fail. You guys can go back if they're still out there. My first videos when I was putting together my cosplay were a disaster. Like, I didn't know how to stream. I was figuring it out. My camera was only okay. My mic was kind of okay. But like, I, I would come on and be like, there would be no sound or I'd come on and my video would be funky or I would be talking to myself and not even realize I was oh. alive. I've made those mistakes.
2: Or, or everyone would be frozen.
3: Okay, that was not my fault. <laughs> that was everybody else's fault. Yeah, but it's it's bound to happen. And I think part of what and why people watch Twitch is because we like to watch real people. We don't, if we wanted to go watch a talk show, we'd go put on ABC America but we don't, we want to go watch real people communicate. I think somebody earlier said, I like watching streams where I feel like I know these people where they feel real and human and we make mistakes and my friends play pranks on me on my very first live stream. Okay. Like those things make or break (laughs) live shows because that's what makes them live. They're unique and in a moment. And we feel like real people. And I I think that that is something you can bring your personality, whatever it is that makes you, you uh, to the table. I mean, it's kind of how, as I'm starting to, really launch RPGs on my own channel, one of the things that I don't want to do is become a D&D channel. I play a lot of D&D, and so I'm trying really hard to bring my level of quirkings to the things that I like, that Chelsea likes, because it is the Little Red Dot channel. It's not a network. I can do the hell ever I want to do, because it's mine, you know? And I, like, I haven't really announced it officially, but I guess I can now, that in the fall I will be running a new Fate game called Fate of the Man. and we're going to be using the 70s like... Vibe of the Anchorman movies where we're literally a news team, right? Um, I love that movie. I love that sense of humor and it's something that I can bring to my favorite, my, my new favorite uh, tabletop RPG, which is fake Core. Um, and I'm doing it with a lot, like I'm thinking maybe a Brave Little Toaster game because that was one of my favorites um, mm-hmm. growing up. And so I'm beginning to bring my own special twist to what's on my channel and I suggest you do the same. Don't try to be a critical role. We don't need another critical role. Right. Don't try to be another encounter role play. They're that thing. Um, Mm -hmm. I, you know, I can remember when Scrat was starting out and we would have this conversation over. I was like, what makes you unique, Scrat? What you just lean into that, you know? And he did. And look, just, just as you were saying earlier, he's got an incredible thing where he, he can have anybody and everybody on his channel. Um, And it makes him unique and it makes what he does incredibly unique take risks. I don't know what um, to say <laughs>
1: <laughs> take, take risks is the thing of uh, so if you're starting something new you you can experiment take risk and and that's a big that's your big advantage when you start anything compared to others mm-hmm. because even even streamers after a while you grow habits your audience exp- has got expectations based on what you're doing so it's nice to re- it's important to remain fresh but uh, that's that's how any projects goes. Uh, unless you start over completely, you, you still mm-hmm. uh, binded by what I uh, like the idea that you 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 are owned by stuff you you possess in a way. So if you if you develop yeah. something, it it's gonna bind you in some way. And it's you know um, when I listen to my very first episode, there's some stuff uh, I was crazy. Uh, I'd like to to go back to that craziness. But if you are uh, starting a new show, your new show... Go ahead. Go ahead. Do whatever you want. You want. And, and that's your asset. That's the thing which gonna attract people that, okay, they're trying this thing. They're taking risks. Because when you are, uh, I mean, we, we, we met, uh, Satin and here uh, soon in, uh, this month's episode of the release podcast from Mesa Arcana. And, uh, because this show has become important, uh, they've got responsibilities towards people, towards the show, towards the audience. They cannot do as many things as a little or a new show can do so that's your advantage over everybody else you can do whatever oh, so you it's want such a good point
3: such a good point yeah take some risk especially while you can you know no. take them um and and be damned if nobody tunes in. We were saying that earlier. Like, don't watch your viewer count. Doesn't matter if yeah. you're there simply to for how many viewers you have. Your show is never going to make it because you're there for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. Just stream, and your audience will show. They'll they will show up. I promise. I promise. Trust the I, way it works. Trust it.
2: I guess that's a that's a pretty common like um uh, extrapolation of uh chat in, the chat involvement in actual play D&D games. Cause it is a beautiful thing, chat involvement. So the extrapolation could be, well, if chat involvement is a big part of actual play games, if there's no audience and the actual play game isn't as good. Ah, mm-hmm. right. No. The thing is, if your content that you are streaming is exactly the same content to zero vi- viewers as it is to 5,000 viewers, they're going to come. You get, know they're gonna come. you get matter. that interaction. It won't matter at all.
3: It shouldn't matter because do you, it would really if you had five thousand versus five, would it make a difference the the story you wanted to tell? It shouldn't it should not make a difference? You should simply show up and tell that story. And because you're streaming it live, you're gonna get an audience. But the number doesn't matter.
1: Um, the thing gonna... is, when you do something, and I learned that that the amateur theater stuff. Uh, if your mindset is to do something as a professional you know with dedication uh, it 's going to be as good as the work of a professional and 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 quality is what what 's important to bring and keep people no. the yeah. thing I would still say, though, uh, my personal opinion, because I'm also between cultures across the channel with France where, where they don't like that and have been criticized for, for that. I personally think it's still important to put yourself out there in some way, Not to be obnoxious about it, but be on Twitter, on social media platform. Uh, speak out about what oh. you're doing. You need to...
3: Oh, yeah, it. you Just can promote so yourself. Yes, yeah, you should promote yourself by all means. I mean, if you're wanting people to show up, you're going to have to promote yourself. So you got to get over the fear of, like you said, putting yourself out there. But I mean, when you're live and you're streaming and you're yes. you're creating the thing that you create, just let the viewers happen. Let it be what it is.
2: By all means, go back afterwards, you know, go back afterwards and look at the stats when you're not live, because then you can right. look at averages, you can look at standard deviations, you can look at actual statistics, and real facts. The problem is, if you look at a viewer account, is it up to date? How do you know? You know, is it accurate? How do you right. know? You're just seeing a snapshot, you've seen one snapshot, you can't see the noise from the movement. Um So go back and look at your statistics. And if if one show you did has got a massive spike of viewers, then hell, what did we do on that show? You know, that must have been good. Did we all enjoy that? Hell yeah, that was the show we were all creasing up. Do you remember? We did this, this, and this. And that's how you can develop. And that's how you can look at viewers. But never look live. I I never look live. The only thing I look at live is the chat. I pop it out. I I, I don't have
1: live. (laughs) So, I'm, so it's it's still incorrect.
3: Uh, yeah, podcasts are. Yeah, I was going say are a little different.
1: So, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at my statistics, and uh, I'm not overly obsessed about it. But let's be honest, that's something which is important to keep me driven in doing it. So it's important for me to not to see that everybody leaves, or to see that uh, f- things still keeps growing a little bit now and now, and but even when you watch that the, your RSS feed your don't lose your clicks or whatever uh, okay what what are they are they Russian bots uh, I got people allegedly listening to me from Brazil. I've been asking several times on the show for those people to send me a message because I'm not even sure they exist. So here I've got a a word, not for the people doing this, uh, the live streams or the podcast, but for the people who are listening. If you're listening to a show, and especially if you enjoy that show, don't assume that the person doing it don't need you to tell him or her that you are doing so that you enjoy it and you're listening to it please send a tweet a little link recommend it's so important not just reviews but it's so important on the day-to-day production of a show like that to have this feedback for quality improvement but just as an encouragement it's very very important and there's so many people being negative about the internet and criticizing the last thing in Star Wars, etc. Uh, if there's something you enjoy, please do tell people. It's more important than complaining about stuff. It's really yeah,
3: absolutely. Critical. I agree.
1: If you
2: like a thing as well, it's it's important to know. Like, I'm not so sure on podcasting. We're looking at starting a podcast, but podcasting isn't my jam yet. But streaming, at least, there are so many ways you can support streams you like for. Three. just takes you about a minute one turn up even if you can't be there just turn up leave your computer on leave your phone on somewhere plugged in Lurk, you know it boosts that viewer number it gets more people along uh second participate in chat now that does involve you being there participate in chat because that gets people talking um you know and the more people talk the more people stick around um next usually when the show goes live there'll be a tweet like today we've got the five minute warning tweet and everything retweet it retweet that shit you know spread the love for the for the uh the accounts you like and uh then then the world then the world is your oyster the more you want to support the more you can do you know like if you want to go and write your own tweet about it maybe quoting the tweet do that too if you want to go and write a blog about how this story arc has affected you recently and how much you love it great if you really want to help me as a DM tell me the things that you loved and hated the most because I will take those things I will dissect them. I will re. Uh, I will. I will reengineer them and, mm. and find the best bits and put them somewhere else. And I'll come back bigger, stronger, better. You know.
3: What well, I think there's a misconception when we when you go. So my degree's in business with a specialty in marketing. Now that we're having a marketing conversation. Excellent. <laughs> there is a misconception, um, I think, when it comes to networking, where we think networking is shake a hand here, introduce myself, and pass off a business card. That is not networking. Okay. That's called selling yourself. Um, and there's a place for that. But real networking is about a mutual agreement between two people. Um, I give and you give. Um, and it's what we do as content creators with our audience. And ideally, when our audience then starts, hopefully, your own stream or your thing, we become your audience. And it has to be a mutual gift back and forth. So, in essence, what we're saying is if you like something, Tell the world about it because when that thing sees what you're doing, whether it's a podcast or a group of people or a person, they're going to support you. The online tabletop community is one of the most open and impressive communities I've ever been a part of. Okay?
1: Mm -hmm. The tabletop community is amazing. I mean, even authors. It's incredible. it's, It's crazy insane. Yeah.
3: It's incredible. So make yourself a part of it. And being a part of it doesn't just mean showing up and watching. Now, if you just want to be hands off, that's fine. But if you're really wanting to launch a channel or you're going to want to do something, realize that those other people didn't start and it just blew up one day. They had people that shared their information and then shared back in return. That's real networking. That's really creating a network for one another. The internet is built off a network. It doesn't just send a signal one way. It has to send it back. It's the only way it works right? It's the only way it works. So those signals have to constantly coming and going from the people that consume and the people that create. And ideally, when we switch places, we become the consumer and the viewer and then the viewer and the consumer. Um, but share, tell the world, blast it. Um, and don't be afraid to blast your own stuff. I struggled a lot when I started with that about talk, really, especially my Twitter, talking about myself and what it was I was doing and realizing it took me a long time to realize that it's not about what I'm doing. It's about what I'm giving to everybody else the shows, my time, the content, the one shots, uh, the opportunity to play. So when, every time I shout and I begin to have that, that fear of doubt in my head about like, Oh, how do I promote myself? I'm not promoting myself. I'm promoting an opportunity for you to be a viewer, for you to be in a game, for you to come watch entertainment. Um, and I think sometimes when we change our mindset, we change everything, everything. Mm-hmm.
1: Is it the right time to check the chat room for some additional (laughs) Q&A?
3: There was one question I thought was really applicable. Rim tossed it out. Um, Let's see if I can find it. Question. Besides players, viewers, and dungeon masters, what are some other skills slash jobs that people can focus on to get their foot in the door of RPG broadcasting? And to back it up, what behind-the-scenes work needs to be done that viewers don't know about?
2: Oh, my lordy, lordy, lordy. Can I tell you things about this? Okay, first of all, don't rely on these. I know you can buy sleeping cans. I do it, and I do it for my own stream, but I do everything. There is so much stuff that I'm trying to learn to hand off to other people
1: because
2: mm-hmm. I I have no time. I have no time. None. Um, from uploading videos to, to uh to youtube to taking videos off of twitch so that i've got a record from storage because you know what i've done enough one shots now that my three terabyte hard drives nearly full um there's so much stuff that you can just outsource
1: to other people and, and stuff which are super simple like i mean i was talking about promotion uh, i'm trying to be as active as i can be on facebook and Twitter. And uh, I see a platform which seems interesting to... to well, self-promote apparently is not appreciated, but Reddit. Reddit is like... for A direct example for me, all those platforms I'm promoting on took so much energy and I wanted to do it a bit on Reddit also and that's where I ran out. <laughs> Run out of energy. I'm like, I, I, I don't. Want-
3: I find Reddit sucks my energy. It doesn't give me energy. I only participate in social medias that give me energy. I don't Facebook very well because I find that it sucks my energy. I definitely don't Reddit because that is also a black hole. Fine. Okay, you can't be all things to all people, which means you can't be on all platforms.
1: No, but I, I guess if I'm... Maybe I'm listening to the question, but what I told was oh, can someone support or uh, get involved in an existing show uh, so for instance in my case uh, not even being a community manager but uh, volunteering f- to uh, talking about my show in any fashion on Reddit to name a specific uh,
3: oh I see what you're saying yeah so building a group of people that are like cheerleaders yeah so so th- I'm finding uh, like I said I don't use Reddit so I don't know anything about it but I find that Discord is that way I, there are a few people right here in chat that I would consider to be I call them part of my little red dot army. Um, Mm. they're, they're, they're my, they're my cheerleaders. Um, they keep my discord going on the days when I'm quiet. When I was away at Gen Con, they were still chatting. And those are the people that hopefully are there because they like my content and they like me. Um, and they like the people that circle and uh, around and encompass the work that I do. Um, and so I think that there, that is one way is to become what we consider a moderator, on either our social media or in the live stream or in your discords, uh, those people are imperative because they're not just another person that's leading. Um, they're just, they're a participant. They they really are that cheerleader, the person on the sidelines that is really holding the foundation up. Um, so that is one way is to be a moderator. Like you're talking about and be somebody that helps tell other people about the stream or about the show.
1: Because you cannot really uh, hire, it's not the right word, because we do something, uh, even if we had the money, but even if I had the money hiring someone to do this kind of going in the community, and can be on any platform, in any forum, but yeah, cheerleading, as you are saying, that's such a gigantic help. I mean, it's like doubling my... Uh, me or any shows
3: yeah. I
1: mean, it's just me right now. In my case, yeah. uh, some other case, more right. other people are more lucky. But yeah, that's that's the thing you you can definitely help. I mean, then you can go into helping in editing or uh, mm-hmm. God knows what proofreading. I write, right?
3: I was about to say writing. Um, so many people have blogs and websites. Like I think about something like ERP, they have an entire team that's just writers. It just puts content on the blog and the Patreon. Um, Maybe you're not so interested in streaming, but you still want to be involved in the community. Are you a great writer? Because we need more great writers. Uh, We need more of them. Um, You know, there's moderate, like moderation. Um, So for some of the larger chat groups, um, especially if you become a fan of some of them, when you've got hundreds or 200 messages flowing at a time, having a moderator that's not the person running the game is important. Um, that, of course, that's way farther down the line, but that's another role and job that I find a lot of people get a lot, a lot of joy out of and connect some, with a lot of people so that if you are starting your old stream, you now have a real network to kind of pull from.
1: And as you were saying, the community is amazing. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. if you do a show, but even if you support a show, you're going to be in touch so fast with authors, fans, Number of people and and people just come to you with projects and and I I mean it's it's just great. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. It's it's It's, um.
2: It's the only community I've ever been in where, like, how how how'd you put it? We're not so me and Chelsea. Let's take me and Chelsea as a prime example. Me and Chelsea, uh, Chelsea is more of a variety streamer, but we both stream TTRPGs. Now, from a business standpoint, we are rivals. No. Not in the TTRPG community. Not at all. This is the first community I've ever been in where people who produce the same content help each other. When one yep. person does well, we all do well. We all yep. share that and it just builds us all up. It's
3: because I when can't. I, when I convert somebody that has never seen tabletop RPG before to a tabletop RPG enthusiast or uh, consumer, now they're also a consumer for Scraticus and Rem's writing and encounter role play and your podcast, because what you've done is you planted a seed that's now growing that we're all going to nourish and benefit from. So to think and, and take it from somebody that has worked in nonprofit arts for a long time, there's this strange thing that happens where it's like, whoa, those are our patrons. They're the patrons of the museum. They can't be patrons of XYZ Museum because then they're not going to give us money. But what that does is it isolates us and it separates a community that really needs to be uplifting one another and say, well, but now they like to go to art museums. So now they're going to come to your art museum, right? It is the exact same principle. Um, when scratch, brings new people that have never played before and gives them an opportunity to do it, he is creating new community members, new viewers, new content creators, new players, new GMs, new game designers, all these things we need for a sustainable community. And the more people we have, the stronger we are. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's
1: amazing I mean didn't we have a lovely evening in London Scrat uh, I mean it was great uh, I okay that's that's a story I mean okay uh, I'm plugging my show. <laughs> I, I'm hoping to have a, a lot of people interested in my next episode Satin Phoenix Ruttenberg from Mesa Arcana, coming to London how oh, did that happen someone called David Shepherd, I uh, who I pronounced his name right who is very engaged in the community I found out much later he runs uh, forum called the Piazza look at me I'm happy to plug him uh, and anyone uh, one day I saw he cheerleaded my show uh, it doesn't happen that f- often but I saw on Facebook you've been tagged on something I went to see it was on the Mesa uh, Facebook page and this gentleman uh, said oh you're coming to London uh, you should meet Calum from the race podcast for an interview telling that to Satin Phoenix and Ruthie Rutenberg this gentleman has got a lot of credit with them because he's been a cheerleader to, for their own show for a long time and he's really engaged in the community so they took him seriously so suddenly can I tell me oh we're coming to London could you interview us I said yeah sure do you want me to help you with something else?" oh yeah we don't know stuff well I put them in touch with a role playing club then we had a charity event then I invited other shows because as you said they're not competitors they're people sharing the passion and what is good for them is good for me and uh and i mean i i gained a lot of quotation mark credit through that and i met amazing people and it all happened because someone cheerleaded me some, someone shared and then i shared even more and and it's amazing and it's and it's and it's helping me. It's helping my show and what I'm trying to promote, just like Scraticus, trying to promote the culture to be trans channeled, transpond. And and yeah, it's give and you get back. That's mm-hmm. yeah. so
3: so true. And if so, you- so true.
1: And and it's very fast if you're giving and you get back and you notice a few people who don't give back, well, you don't want to be mean, but uh, you do it once, twice, three times. And as you said with the non-profit museums, they're going to end up isolated because at some point you're like, okay, I need to pick. Four players for my game. Each player is gonna be from a different show, and they can plug their show. Uh, well, they're gonna end up being the fifth all, all the time and because you cannot do everything for everyone all the time. So, so they they just drop off your rotation, and it it's very sad. But so they 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 only hurting themselves. I mean, I'm I'm not thinking of someone in particular, but uh, <laughs> that that's that's the way things go. And be nice, be nice, because uh,
3: oh God, be so nice, just. Just like love, love everyone. Um, you know, I, before I came into this online tabletop community, I come from a background of being a festival goer and a burner. Um, so if you guys know what Burning Man is, that's kind of my vibe. Those are my people um, and my tribe. And there, there's a mindset there that makes it work, which is you just, you're just nice to everybody. Like, how hard is it to just be kind to people and, and share and live this, this non-commodified lifestyle and all of these things? And yes, it's very hippy dippy in theory. I'll give you that. Okay. But what it taught me is that when you come into a community like this, that you can apply so many of those same rules to creating with people and making content with people and being part of a true community in the truest sense of the word and when you give, they will give back.
2: And you say it's like hippie-dippie, but like Metal festivals, it's the same. Everyone looks after each other. Everyone's the same. Everybody
3: make sure you need water. Somebody's got you. You need something or help. They're there for you. You're hungry. We'll feed you. You got need clothes because you walked last night in the desert naked. Well, man, have I got you some yeah. clothes, right? And then,
2: and then it goes on from there as well. EDM, uh, the, uh, other music, all music festivals are the same. Well, oh, hang a minute. What about cider festivals and beer festivals? Oh, wait, it's the same. Anywhere people are having fun, guess what? They're all being nice to each other. Yep. Where don't people be nice to each other and where do people hate being? Factories, offices. Is that fair? Yeah. Did you say that's fair? We,
3: we have, I'm not quite, I'm not quite at the point where I can really call it my job though. I'm getting there. I have, I have really high aspirations, but even to be able to get paid even somewhat to do what it is that I do, is such a blessing. Um, and, and like the God, like the, the, the fate, like the die gods have rolled in my favor, uh, to allow me to do this kind of thing and to have people that want to see me do it and want to participate with me. And I would give everything I have to make sure that other people have that chance to know what it feels like to be able to game all the time, um, to be able to say that I tell stories for a living. It's all I ever wanted to do. Right. I went to school to tell stories and I thought it was the only way I was going to get to is so if I was an actor and I put all this time and energy into this thing. And everybody said, you got to do it this way. And that was such a lie. And I, my feet have found their own path into this thing that I could never, not in a million years ha- ha- have, have told you, if you had told me 10 years ago that this is where I would be tonight, I would have laughed in your face and probably smacked you. Okay. Like I would have laughed at you and said, no way would I be getting paid to play tabletop RPGs and to tell stories with people. Um, it has always been my dream to tell collaborative stories and to get to do it is, um, it's one of those things that makes me just want to let everybody, my nurturing side's like, come everybody, let's play games together. <laughs> and I just want to give everybody that sunshine and those rainbows and that yeah. chance, uh, chance to play. So just know that the community's there for you. And yes. sometimes you got to rip that band-aid off and dive for it. Just go do it. We've got you. We will be there. Trust fall.
2: <laughs> internet trust fall <laughs> it's it's crazy like you say about like a, a year ago or however long ago people you w- wouldn't believe people like i said earlier like soon my first sub will resub and i will know it'll be a year since affiliate and i'm looking as i cross that border i'm looking at going full time in september like you sorry what you know like uh, a full schedule like rather than my usual 8 to 12 games a week i'm going to do a regular 8 to 12 games a week um you know it's, it's what? <laughs> like it's it,
1: it's it it's amazing in terms of infrastructure and we were we mentioned softwares etc you got uh, obs studio i'm using it right now i did this little thing you see around us uh i did that half a day but you can do something which looks like Fox News, CNN, any channel. I mean, most of the channel, you can do things which look m- so much better. It's a free software based on... The I region. think,
3: yeah, it OBS, say, so,
1: yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, I'm saying OBS, but the tools, the platforms we have to communicate with each other are crazy. Because what we're doing yeah. tonight technically is something which would have required, I don't know, a crew of 20 people in the 90s.
3: <laughs> huh? Yep.
1: Uh, and not with the definition of cameras we have, etc. So we've got these crazy tools and yeah, use them and do stuff because that's amazing. The, the only thing I would say uh, is that uh, if you're lucky, if you're out working and a bit of talent and passionate, you can get to this point where it could become a job. But I would think, don't start with that in mind, because you're gonna need a lot of energy and passion, <laughs> and to give and financial contribution. Like I do receive uh, through Patreon, and I'm so thankful for that. Uh, as will be for something. Well, I don't see a future me personally where I, I re- it will replace my job, but it will give you more means to do more stuff. Uh, and yeah that's that's all I would say I I hear people saying I'm gonna do it I'm gonna make it Uh, it's very it's gonna take a long time so if it's your your drive from the beginning uh that, that's gonna be really really tough. So you, you need yeah. it needs to be about passion, and not not profit. I think to start with. Yeah,
3: well, and two, you know, you gotta know what you're going, what you're doing. Yeah, of course. You you're a podcast person, right? Like you run, you do podcasts. Scrap runs a network. Yeah. I am a person. I promote myself onto other people's channels. They hire me to come onto their games, to run their games. So everybody's kind of, at least the three of us, it's kind of nice, actually. We're all approaching the professional aspect of this different. There is a right or wrong way. Um, There's no formula that's going to get you there. And I think you're right that you kind of have to pump the brakes and take your time. And if you want to go professional, know that it's going to take some time and some sacrifices.
1: Yeah, a lot of sacrifices.
3: (sighs) Uh, some serious sacrifices. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sleep it just, it just being
1: does. The first. Sleep yeah. being the absolute first.
3: Yeah. Cause if you're like, you know, you're like Scrat and I, we started out, I, he's kind of coming out of the full-time thing and I'm still in a full-time job. So I still work 40 hours a week before I get home and do any of the five or six shows that I do a week. Um, I haven't quite made it to a cusp where I can quit my day job and still be able to feed myself and my fur baby. So, I, I'm not there yet. That's Twitch, but I'm working on it and I am pushing hard for it. And if that's really what you want, if you really want to be professional, what I need to tell you is this. You have to create a lot of content. To go professional, you have to create an extreme amount of content. Podcasts are a little different because you kind of get away with the every week release. Monthly. That is your con. Yeah. Oh, see, and you do monthly. So, like, my podcast, we release an episode weekly. Um, A main quest and then a side quest. A main quest and a side quest. But my... My Chelsea is all, Chelsea is always releasing stuff. Like today, I made announcements about my upcoming thing. I put out a PDF document, um, one of my game prompts, right? Um, I was making connections. I emailed people from Gen Con. Um, and then I also streamed earlier today before I even got here. Content is incredibly important to build, not only building an audience, but keeping them. They're there to consume. It's why we're called consumers. So if you don't have anything for them to eat and to take in and to consume, then they're going to go somewhere else to get their consumption.
1: Yeah. It's content and consistency. So there's also another ad- yep. advice I've got for podcasters. Uh, weekly, it's quite challenging. I mean, if you do it, it's, it's better for audience, et cetera. And, uh, iTunes ratings and this sort of things. But, uh, it's better to have a monthly show which is released each month on time consistently than hemming tro- for be weekly or weekly and missing a week every now and then on a regular basis because that's that's something which doesn't go very well with your with audience, as far as I know.
2: Uh and yep. never ever think it gets easier either. Like I'm 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 moving i've i'm leaving well i'm in the process of leaving my 40 hour a week 10 hour commute job to and when i'm streaming uh i'm live for uh 36 hours a week and i spend at least another 30 arranging streams sorting out overlays sorting out videos it's it's not easier what Chelsea says about creating content, it's also about doing all the background work as well to support that content, all the structure, all the groundwork. You know, you can't have a you can't have a well, you can have a and stream with no with no um players, but you know, then it's just a talk. It depends yeah. what you want to throw out there. Here's
3: something else I'll tell you too. Design for me was really daunting when I came in, needing an overlay and a this here and a that there. Remember that other people do that. There are character artists. There are graphic designers. There are people that record film, that edit audio. Create yourself a network of people that work together to make... If you're really going to go professional, you're never going to be able to do it on your own.
1: But be respectful. Uh,
3: yes, like, yes, absolutely.
1: These are real qualification. It's real work. Uh, so uh, you might end up in a win-win situation where everybody's behind the project and is going to bring their brick to the wall, but uh, th- this is stuff which got an actual, f- quotation mark, fin- financial value. It is it is work. It takes time. It takes skill. It does. Uh, and it needs to be respected. So don't go there expecting someone's going to draw something for you. Uh,
3: for free. And that's what, so you know, I think that there are other ways. I mean, obviously, if you can pay them, pay them it's it's simple as that pay your artist and pay the people um but if pay is on an option, you know a lot of people that do character art also want a game, yeah. What does it mean to create a cast of people that maybe you have an artist that does your art and you've got the sound editing person, like create yourself a group of people that have a similar goal in mind for something and see what that does for you. Because you will wear yourself ragged scratch. And I know, if you try to do it all on your
1: own. Do your A-team. I mean, you've got your, I mean.
3: Yeah. That's party. such a great analogy. Do yeah. Your, get your A-team. Uh, we don't
1: need an A-team actually. Do your party. You need a tank. You need a controller. You need a. Yeah. Magician, you <laughs> know all of that is the same. Uh, I mean, it's the same for, for, for actual play, uh, at least. Uh, I'm conscious of the time, especially for the fellows for who it's three, half past three mm-hmm. in the morning. Uh, oh, that's true, yeah. <laughs> pros and cons uh, about actual play, uh, sort of just before <laughs> or conclusions and or, or plugs, etc. Or are there any questions? Think about that while I'm checking the questions. Yeah. No, no questions. I say
3: I don't I didn't see any other questions come through. Last chance for questions, crew. I did um, see
2: one from our major Derek way back, but we answered it.
3: Oh, did we? Okay. Um yeah, I you know, for me, I don't really have a whole lot of cons. I have found a home broadcasting on Twitch, whatever it is that I'm doing. Like today, one of the the most viewed streams that I've done in six months was putting my vampire character today together live on stream, which is so silly, but people showed up, I guess they wanted to see it. Um, so I always forget. I always forget that. I love it. I, I love it so much. So for me, there are no cons when I'm creating content and I'm hanging out with all of you online, whether I'm playing games, video games, tabletop RPGs, if I'm doing cosplay, or maybe I'm just, Doing a Gen Con review, which I did last week. We just did a Gen Con like decompress game uh, or a uh, stream. It, it is what I know that I'm meant to be doing. So for me, the cons don't really exist. the The biggest con, I guess you can say, is that I'm always tired. <laughs> Little Red Dot is always tired. <laughs> so um yep, yep. I'm just always yep. tired. That's the con. Is yeah.
2: I totally agree. No, I was just totally agreeing. I did not along. Always
1: tired. Yep. Always tired. Yep. Oh, that's a good
3: question, Ram.
1: What's the question?
3: When's the last time you played a tabletop RPG in person without a camera or mic in front of you? Do you think people who broadcast maybe need to take a break and go back to the roots to refresh? Yes. I, um, my, so my, well, I say, Mike, um, my podcast, obviously we play IRL, um, with mics in front of us, um, and around a table, but you know, at Gen Con, which was just last this past weekend um I played a game around a you know around a table with a group of people without mics without an audience with and for the first time in a long time and it was so refreshing i had a freaking the last just as much fun as i do on camera which is how i know that i'm doing really what i'm supposed to be doing
2: <laughs> mm. uh, for me though that question uh, goes in a completely different direction um it's not about um it's not about uh just doing it, you know, it's not about. Oh, do you think you could grab some dice and go and play? Well, you know what? I live in the countryside. Uh, I the, the factory, like I say, it took six months to get a group, and then we didn't work. You know, I don't have that opportunity. So for me, this is a gateway into um, into being actually able to play anyway. You know, the the the, the channel I'm running. Is the way that I can play. And you know what? As we go into this more and more, maybe we'll start putting budget aside to come and do things like Gen Con and stuff. But at the moment, that's a flight over to America. We'll probably be going to Dragon Meat later this year. I think there's another one going on in October, which what do you mean, Probably
1: drink. you are coming to Dragon Meat. There's no question about that.
3: Going to Dragon Meat.
1: I got, I got no. For you. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Some projects involving maybe some live streaming. That would be a first and something quite nice. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's
3: definitely interesting. Take it from somebody. I did that in IRL game that we like mic'd and streamed from Gen Con this year. That was a special cookie. Yeah, A lot of tech. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs>
1: We've got good technicians. It would be a um, uh, cross That's good. Yeah. cross shows. I think it would involve at least three if not four shows uh in the thing. So, yeah. Uh but yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, I think that's another subject but uh, because of the podcasting and uh, the network, the RPG Academy network and Acadec Online, uh, uh, which we was the first attempt this year of having a convention online, uh, mm-hmm. played more games online and and it's quite interesting. I can definitely see uh, in time of my life where I didn't have players or game masters around, how much it would have been great to to have that. And uh, and 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 seriously, if you if all people who didn't try it I recommend trying it because it's actually much better than you would expect and I've even f- I personally think that some things are can be not as good but uh, some other things can be better in an online games in terms of uh, yeah different little things, concentrations etc and uh, so so yeah uh, yeah <laughs> great uh, anything you add Scrat? Um,
2: no, on that topic, probably not so much. Um,
1: so your big pro yeah, is that it allows you to play then.
2: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. My big pro is that it allows me to play. And yep. also it's a great outlet for me in terms of being able to, I suppose Chelsea identified it earlier. I do take an outlet in, um, in teaching people. It's how I learn. Um, always been the way. Um, so yeah, I, I, I get a lot of satisfaction from it. Cons, I mean, who needs sleep
1: anyway? <laughs> but the, Just plug
3: uh, me in the wall.
1: <laughs> I, I, I go for the, the my own pro. Uh, my con would be uh, when I do play a game which is not recorded, uh, afterward I'm like, oh, I wish it had been recorded so I could listen back to it, experience it again. Uh, but then I'm a podcaster, so even the game I record, I would need, I personally feel I should need to edit it, and it's impossible. So if you, if you if you want to have a go at editing, I got a few games of mass RPG which you could be your one and one, and I would give it away to my patron. Sorry, a uh, little red. Uh,
3: no, no. So, so you just you made me think of something that that I'll say, and now I've lost my train of thought. Oh crap! Um, it was my cat's fault. Um, uh, what
2: was it? It was um, ah. I, I also had something there Go that when for you it. said that. I, I bought it. <laughs> it made me. It made it me made too. That, I was like, "Oh, light bulbs. It, it Made <laughs> me a hundred percent. So, my wife is a photographer. She spends her she spends her her career capturing images of beautiful things. She spends very little time appreciating beautiful things. There's a slight definition change there, you know. I I can't remember the last time that we went out on a misty day and just like enjoyed a misty day. <laughs> like, oh, look at that. Oh, this is going to be great. Cause it looks like, that. like, you know, just sometimes you have to just leave the camera at home. If you do do every now and again and just go for a walk.
1: It's less active uh, recording. I mean, it's there; it records. So you don't need to frame it, etc. Well, in the same time, you're right because when I do record now, I've got a mixing table, etc. I do have the helmet, and I'm looking at the level. So you 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 actually right uh, with that, but it's not as severe I would think uh, photography no my pro is uh the people I met I mean if you go with a simple pro it would be like uh oh I got a press pass to go to uh, something uh, but it's well it's it's not so much actual play it is but uh, for me it's more di- uh, it's my podcast discussions uh it's the big excuse to engage with someone and 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 ask them questions so that would be the podcast, but then actual play it's I think the show is a great excuse for you oh, I've seen that other player in that other actual play. I would love so much to play a game with senda from she's a super gig or phil vecchio or or Michael from the r p g academy, and the show allowed me. To do that. It allowed me to join the RPG Academy, and then to join game with them, and record episodes with them, play games with them. I mean, Scraticus, you invited me to one of your games, and I cannot wait to join another one. Uh, little Red Dot, uh, if you need anything from anyone, if you want someone to play Vampire or anything, uh, don't hesitate. And, <laughs> okay, cool. And, I mean, I, I've been blessed with having access to... I mean, the opportunity of playing games with the authors. If you do a decent game, uh, actual play show, you're gonna have people, you, there's gonna be crowdfunding season. And you're going to have authors lining to be on your show for you to run their game or them to run their game and you to yep. to play it. Uh, I, I tell you, all one-shot RPG, I don't know about Encounter Replay, uh, Missouri Techmark Podcast, all the people are also authors of games and one crowdfunding or Jim Mackler. Uh, when they they're doing the a game, they do the round of all the podcasts. They're gonna ask to all of them, all the decent one, all the one they they enjoy or they hear are good, and they're gonna ask them, the, the the producer of the show, "Hey, can I be on your show to promote my game and we play a game together?" I mean, that's amazing. <laughs> I mean, someday I receive an email from Monty Cook Games telling me, "Would you like to interview Monty Cook?" And I was like. Monty Cook I love Legends of the Five Rings because I don't know anything and I confuse people so Monty Cook don't do Legends of the Five Rings but yeah that's what's what gonna happen uh, you're gonna be part of the community and you're gonna have amazing games with amazing people So, uh time for the conclusion of the show. Thank you so much, uh, Dot and Scraticus, for joining my very first stream. It's going to be the first and the last for quite a while because I was taking the opportunity of being uh, without the job because I don't have uh, close enough the dedication of Scraticus to do these sort of things while I'm working the next day. Um So... Yeah, oh, yeah, we're going to drop the, what are you reading? What are you going to read? I think you are keen to uh, go back to bed, Scraticus. So, uh, I am Calum from the Rollis <laughs> podcast, a proud member of the RPG network. Uh, I am the, sh- well, the Rollis podcast is the show of Tabletop RPG fans across the channel, because I, I now live in London, but I used to be on the other side of the channel, across the pond, because it's lovely to engage with all the US audience and beyond, because sometimes uh, there's people in Brazil who don't tell me who they are or even people uh, in Japan who listen to us Uh, and so if you want to hear about uh, the community and different hobbies different people from different countries and different games uh, that's the place to go and we got a few actual play episodes like my favorite one uh, Nephilim a French role-playing game and it's just a three-parter so it's very fast to uh, consume Uh, Straticus what is your uh, final plague uh, yeah,
2: so, um, I am Scrackus over at the Scrackus Academy. We're playing D&D every day this week. Um, we've got tomorrow, I'm over on Encounter Roleplay. I'm playing, uh, Dr. Hezekiah Shaw in the Larkspur sequence. Um, then, uh, that's at 1 to 4 p.m. EST. Then at 6 p.m. EST, I'm going to do a prep stream where I'm going to prep a module for our 8 p.m. EST stream. Uh, where we're going to be playing with four brand-new people, well, three brand-new people to the channel and one uh, old face, but they've not been around very often. It's NNG9, Alicia from um, The Vice, if any of you guys recognize um, Friday, we've got another one-shot of 4pm EST. That one-shot is going to be a playtest of a new game designed specifically for children. Uh, it's called Power Outage, and it's designed by uh, a chap known as Pavas on Twitter. Um, his Kickstarter is currently 75% funded, and we're hoping to push him the rest of the way. On Saturday, we have the Academy Open Day. Four games, 12 hours live streaming in a row. Uh, we're going to start with uh, more than 12 hours, because before we start, we're going to have tools School for Coffee. 7 a.m., we're gonna start. We're gonna do, uh, three hours of Tool School's new module from his new, um, new, uh, publishing company that he does with Bird in the Storm, uh, called Bird in the Storm. Uh, so we're gonna be doing that. At 10 p.m., we get Space Cthulhu with Donovan Fry. Uh, at 1 p.m., we get D&D 5e with Rene, uh, Rene Rhodes from Fate and Fable Maidens. And then at 4 p.m., I'm gonna play some Cypher System. Uh, and then after all of that, we are going to talk about players in the games and what you need to do to turn up as a uh, as a player in a game, um, which is going to be very exciting stuff. Uh Monday, we have... Oh, no, hang on. I missed that Sunday. Sunday, we're doing another one-shot. <laughs> Sunday, we're doing more one-shots. Monday, we're doing City of Mist. Tuesday, we're doing Wizards of Wardrobes. It's going to be fun, 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 fun. And, of course, on Wednesdays, we have One-Shot Wonders with KNRS. Thank you. I'll put my links in, <laughs> in chat. Wow. And there's more coming. Next season, (laughs)
1: next season, we've got even more. We've got two shows a day. It's great. I don't know, you know, So I just mute him. (laughs) Dot, can you tell us about, uh, yeah, what's your plug?
3: Yeah. uh, so I'm Little Red Dot. I play a crazy amount of RPGs, though clearly not as many as Scraticus, because he is wearing that gold medal proudly at the moment. Uh, no, I I play actually not just on my channel on a lot of other people's channels. So you can check me out tomorrow, uh, starting the closing of three games of the, the Trials of Ball over on Encounter Roleplay on Saturdays. Now you can catch me. We actually have the premiere of the Vampire the Masquerade Fifth Edition coming to roll for it uh, this Saturday. I'm really super duper stoked about my character like i just i just can't wait to kill things as a vampire um so exciting. Um, Mondays, you can catch me over on Nerd Immersion's channel as we finish up and play through the Princess of Apocalypse. Um, and then those are kind of my regulars at the moment. Um, Sundays, um, on and off throughout the months, you will catch me and a crew just kind of like scrap of random players playing through one shots over on Sunday fun days. I will be starting a D&D campaign with Unmade Gaming. Uh, starting in September. And in September, I'll also be DMing a show on Saturday evenings on the Greyhawks channel. So you can come check me doing hardcore d and D. A A lot of you have been asking for that. And I was like, you know what? I ought to give you guys what you're asking for. So, hardcore, um, and what, yeah, what is that? <laughs> maps and a little bit I know hardcore like a little bit more uh structured and not so like free form one shots like I'm going to be running a full-on campaign um I've actually been eyeballing a few old school uh D&D third edition uh that I may modules that I may be bringing back into uh the fifth edition realm so he he and i are kind of chatting about that right now um so yeah so i've got a lot of stuff coming specifically in the fall and you can be expecting a slew of fate core coming to my personal channel so if you've ever wanted to learn fate you can join me on my discord and tell me about it and i'll get you added to one of the cast uh, you can get to my discord by visiting my twitter oh it deleted my link but i have a twitter It's little underscore red underscore dot. Find me there.
1: It's on top of your head.
3: It's on top of my head uh, is what I've been told. So so follow me there. Check me out. Uh, You can find my Discord and all that kind of stuff. That way you can keep up with what I'm doing. And I've recently, like I said, launched a Patreon, which has been a pretty exciting thing for me (laughs) because it means I'm now writing a lot more content. And when you become... Part of the little red dot army, which all of you that join the uh, dis- uh the uh, the Patreon are, uh, you start getting access to all of my writings, my character sheets, and everything that I create uh, for you to use at your own table. So again, that like shared system. So yeah, come out and join me in what I do, which is. I eat, sleep and breathe tabletop RPGs, people.
1: (laughs) Hell yeah. I forgot to mention that about my own Patreon. At the moment, it's RPG a day and I'm always keen to find the ideas of doing stuff for the people supporting the show via Patreon. If you join the Patreon of the Race Podcast, this month, there are 31 mini episodes, uh, one coming out each day because each day with, uh, one of my co-hosts, we are answering the question of RPG A Day. So, if you want to hear about our favorite recurring character and all this excellent if you don't know that, uh, RPG A Day 2018, hashtag RPG A Day 2018 by Autocratic. Uh, it's the a very cool thing to follow on Twitter with a set of questions, uh, one per day all through uh, the month of August. Are you participating in RPG A Day, uh, Dot and uh, Scratch? You're too busy. <laughs> hey,
2: man. Well, hey, man I was mean? about to say, I'm
1: already doing an RPG a day. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I'm was... doing more than one a day. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's a question. It's not an actual. <laughs> <laughs> I know.
3: I, I, yeah, it's like a. Yeah, there's like a Twitter post or something about it. Clearly, I'm, I'm not cool at all. Not even in the uncool of. I, I'm not even cool in the uncool stuff. Um, yeah, I have no idea. I'll have to find that an RPG a day.
1: Yeah, at the not even not cool. with a K. Uh, And uh, yeah, it's my. uh one of the gentleman who wrote the Doctor Who RPG uh, very fine fellow from the UK uh, yeah so I'm going to close with the uh, stuff for the RPG Academy Network uh, itself just stay there and uh, so, so we can discuss afterward together oh, but I'm going to remove you so uh, you were watching the RPG Academy uh, everything we do on the RPG Academy we do it out of a passion but we do have expense and the RPG Academy has got a Patreon also, uh, which you would be very welcome uh, to support many, many, many bonuses. If you happen to be in the US or willing to travel to the US, uh, there will be Acadicon, the convention of the arcade- RPG Academy, which t- will take place on from November 9th to November 11th at the Dayton Convention Center in Ohio, I hope I pronounced that well, uh, Check Acadecon.com uh for, for the details. Uh, also the next episode of our RPG Academy film studies uh to be recorded is gonna be about G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra. So if you have anecdotes or uh if this movie inspired you characters of scene in a tabletop RPG, please do send uh your tweet and emails to the RPG Academy too. So we we might discuss that during the the recording thank you very much Uh, it was my first stream so let me know how it was and uh, I hope to see you back on the network quite soon Uh, Callum from London out
0: Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast the flagship program of the RPG Academy Network if you enjoy what we do here
4: You can email us via podcast at vrpgacademy.com and reach us on social media such as Facebook and Google Plus at the RPG Academy.
0: But Twitter is usually the fastest way to reach us. You can find my favorite co host, The Caleb G, at The Caleb G.
4: And you can find my favorite co host, Michael, at The RPG Academy.
0: Thanks for listening. And as always, if you're having fun,